What is going on, Boiler Nation? You're listening to another episode of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. It is Tuesday, February 20th. I'm Evan Webb, uh, and if you're watching us live, you notice that uh, Tanner nor Andrew are here. Um, Tanner is on vacation in Florida. Andrew's doing something with work. Um, so we are jo- lucky to be joined by our good friend, Aaron Lynch. Aaron, how's it going? Thanks for joining us tonight. It's going good. Thanks for having me tonight. Um, I know you're a big NBA fan, more so than myself tanner and andrew probably combined um what were your thoughts from all-star weekend here in the great state of indiana um (laughs) might want to be the worst all-star game i've seen (laughs) i i saw the half so in 2001 the final score was the exact same score as it was at halftime for this (laughs) all-star game yeah i did not watch the game yeah, I did not watch the game. I watched the uh, on sa- I watched Saturday. Uh, we had some friends that were there. I was mad that I didn't buy tickets early enough to go on Saturday. It was kind of something that we've always talked about doing. Um, I really enjoyed watching Saturday, but I had zero interest in watching Sunday. I saw some like stuff that was going on during the game, and I was like, I'm really glad I didn't because this is just an absolute joke. It is, and I guess if uh, Doc Rivers wants Dame Lillard to get going, just play no defense. There you go. There you go. Um, we use that NBA talk to avoid talking about pretty basketball because we've uh, <laughs> have had a rough little week um, after a dominating uh, game against Indiana just over a week ago. Uh, we had Bulls went one and one for the week, so not terrible. But you had a, a win on Thursday night, uh, Tanner's birthday and my wife's birthday um, against the Minnesota Golden Gophers, a team that is vastly improved uh, compared to last year. Now we were talking right before we started recording about how much better they are playing. Um, ben Johnson's done a good job. Cam Christie, he's probably, I mean, Owen Freeman probably will get the nod right now, but I think Cam Christie is making a uh, a strong case for Big Ten freshman of the year. I would agree. 100%. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he came to the year, he might have felt like a McKenzie and Baco for Indiana, but they're just not good enough, and he hasn't played well enough um, compared to those two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, boys end up winning the game, uh, score of 84 to 76 after being down by eight at halftime and is down as much as I believe 12 in the yep. second half. Um, we saw uh, Zach Eady get into foul trouble in the first half. Um, I was not able to watch this. We were at dinner for my wife's birthday, so I was trying to follow along as discreetly as I could. Um, what were your thoughts? You know, what, what led to Purdue being down at half uh, and obviously getting down double digits to start the second half before ultimately making that comeback? Beating ourselves. I, yeah. I, I think we're, we're I think this past week, and I I think this is kind of here we go again. Kind of <laughs> thoughts, um, turnovers, point, and then points in transition. It was the same thing. I mm-hmm. think for there was a turning point. I thought when Ben Johnson got a technical um, on mm-hmm. he got a technical because he's third foul in the second half. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that was kind of the turning point in momentum. It helped mm-hmm. being at home. We're kind of yep. beatable, I feel, at home. Um, so, but it was what I was concerned about. Mm-hmm. And those concerns turned back into reality. I feel like mm-hmm. living in deja vu later in the week. Um, so, yeah, because I'm um, uh, say Zach he came out. Um, when did he come out in the first half, roughly? Oh, man. I can't, I can't recall. I would have to look. Yeah. 
Um, but I know, yeah, Minnesota kind of went on a run. Um, Cam Christie kind of went off a little bit. Dawson Garcia was playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those guys scored in double figures. Um, I definitely think a, a turning point in the second half, just from what I've kind of read and since then was – Sounds like Painter put uh, Ethan Morton on Cam Christie and kind of, as the youngsters say, shut his water off because um, he didn't really do a whole lot in the second half. Um, Purdue kind of sounded like they kind of woke up a little bit, kind of thought, okay, you know, this is not a team we can just take lightly and was eventually able to, to turn it around. Um, you know, for being in foul trouble, Zachy ended up with a 24 and 15 game, uh, two assists, four turnovers, um, eight of 14 from the line. So there was kind of that poor free throw trend continued in another game. Uh, Braden Smith added 16 and eight and nine, eight rebounds, nine assists. So again, flirting with a triple double yet again, mm-hmm. uh, Lance Jones, 12 points, two of six from three, uh, Trey Coffman added nine points, four, four from the line, which was great to see from him. Fletcher lawyer, three points, uh, one of three from the line of one from three. Uh, we kind of saw a trend there leading into the Ohio state game this past weekend. Uh, Mason Gillis, I mean, kind of sounded just like for me watching and reading, he was definitely the guy who the catalyst that kind of brought Purdue back and ultimately won the game. I mean, ended up with 14 points, four of eight from three, um, five of nine from the field in general, uh, four rebounds, three assists, um, just kind of being that, you know, that kind of that's almost that six starter that Purdue's got. And then Caleb first added six off the bench, Ethan Miles and Cam Heidi all played, but did not score. And, and I will say first was best. That was his best game of the season. Six six points in 11 minutes. That was impressive. It sounded like he kind of really kind of gave the offense a little bit of a spark um, mm-hmm. when he went out, um, which I think, yeah, that's just kind of been the, the trouble with him is just he's not getting the minutes just because of, you know, obviously Zach's playing so well. And he's I think he is better at that five. And, you know, we're going to have Zach out there as much as we possibly can. Um, and the game with only 10 turnovers. So that was, you know, after like we turned it over quite a bit in the first half, didn't turn it over mm-hmm. too much in the second half. Um, Purdue ended the game nine of 19 from three, 47.4%. Uh, Minnesota shot 12 of 25, so 48%. Um, but they were uh, nine of 16 from the first half and only three of nine in the second half. Kind of Purdue was pretty steady, four of seven in the first half, five of 12 in the second half. Um, and really, I mean, outside of obviously the, you know, the getting down and not kind of winning convincing fashion like we were hoping Purdue would do. Um, 19 of 32 from the free throw line, less than 60%. That's just especially at home, it's just not going to cut it. I mean, that's just one of the things that when you look at this team, um, kind of before going into this this past week, my, my biggest concern was the free throws, just from the fact that, like, there's going to be tight games in the tournament and, and you know, Zach's going to get fouled. You know, Trey Coffin and Ren's going to get fouled a lot. Um, and we need those guys to hit. Um, I think I saw a stat that actually, especially after this Ohio State game, and Purdue going perfect from the line that I think Purdue is shooting like 10% better from the line on the road compared to at home. It's like 79 to 69%, which is pretty crazy, but also someone like, you know, Hey, at home, sometimes you get a little too comfortable at home. So it could be, you know, maybe not as, as focused, but nevertheless, Purdue came out victorious. Um, and then which set up a, a game on Sunday, CBS against Ohio state, um, which was the, their first game after, firing of Chris Holtman, which before we get into this game, what were your thoughts on them on the firing of one Chris Holtman? Yeah. Um, I, I was actually kind of taken back. Like why now? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's three weeks left in the regular season. Right. Um, why not just AD wait? That's, the AD that fired him is on his way out. Like that was, the, that, that, that was weird. Correct. Yeah. And, um, and it, it sounds like they're not, they're the new AD is going to hire the coach, but he's not mm-hmm. going to be 
in the role until later this summer. Interesting. Kind of what, I, what they yeah, I knew he was about. I knew he was the one hire making the hire, but I didn't realize that's when he was taking over. So that's yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised by the timing, but also like the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, you know, they you kind of saw the right on the wall that they were going to have to do something with Holtman. You know, back to back years of you know starting out pretty well and then just absolutely careening off a cliff. Um, and you got to think yeah. Michigan's going to be open. Yeah, conversely, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, started out twelve and two this year, and then just have not been good ever since. Um, uh, you got to think Michigan's going to open up. I can't imagine they stick with Howard another year after what's been going on. They're just bad. Um, Louisville's going to be an open uh, got jobs going to be open. You would think you'd have to think <laughs> just how bad they are. Um, so there's some you know big time jobs open. So you wonder if maybe they were trying to do that just to kind of get. A head start and talking to people but again like you said if the new ad is not coming until it's just it's a weird situation it it really it really is i i'm i would be interested to see if louisville brings back the tino i i would be <laughs> all in for that i mean the, i i've always got like joked like it'd be hilarious to do that but then after like his comments this past week on like how awful it is that essentially like he was like just talking crap about St. John's and how awful their facilities are, but they're working on it. You know, they put together a team at like the last second and never doing this way again. It's like just absolutely just throwing their players under the bus and then backing over again and spinning the tires on the bodies. Like it was, I was like, I texted our, you know, our, our group of friends. I was like, sounds like he's perfect for the Louisville job. Just <laughs> with those morals. Like um, I've kind of thought that, you know, when Louisville, was sucking again this year. I thought uh, Mick Cronin probably be perfect for that job. I mean, he, you know, he coached at uh, Cincinnati, so it's obviously right there. He knows the area well, um, but you know, it may sound like he, he see maybe, you know, there's, there's some things that he wasn't super happy with how NIL was being handled at UCLA where, you know, at Louisville, they're going to throw buckets of horse and bourbon money at him along with the football team. Um, but I think, yeah, Patino would be hilarious back, back at Louisville. I, I would be all in on that yeah. and i would be all yeah. in on watching that press conference if that happened oh yeah oh yeah 100 um no thought a name that i thought for the Ohio state job again just avoiding the talk of the actual game um was it lamont parish for or paris for south carolina he's from ohio so that kind of is a name that's kind of what you think would be out there i sound like they're going to try and sweeten his deal at south carolina um you've heard names of sean miller at xavier and this is only his first year back at xavier or second year back at Xavier. Um, that'd be interesting. You wonder if like you've heard like a uh what Greg McDermott would be it would be a interesting hire. Um obviously Dusty May's name has been thrown around. Obviously, it's kind of the obvious one for him is Indiana. If he even wants to leave Florida, it sounds like he, he and his wife love Florida. He could be waiting for Florida State and or Miami to open up. Um with that one, if we don't have to move a whole lot. Um, I mean, but Jim Laranega, how long is more is he gonna be there? Miami. Exactly. I mean, same with um, I think because Boca Raton is pretty close to Miami, isn't it? Because I thought someone say like if, if he if if uh, if that he does take that, he essentially wouldn't even have to move if he didn't want to, unless right. he wanted to just upgrade his house because Miami will throw a ton of money at him. Um, uh, Leonard at Florida State, I didn't realize he's in his seventies. He looks good for for seventy for in his seventies. Uh, you wonder how long he's gonna how much longer he's gonna do it. Um, I know there were some rumors this last week that their players were gonna strike because of NIL that weren't getting paid NIL. I think like supposedly they, they, the whole Florida state situation for athletics. Yeah. With ACC. It, it's yeah. I think it might end up in court. <laughs> I, I really do. I'm here for it. Um, 
but yeah, the, I mean, but as soon as Ohio State announced they fired Holtman and they announced their interim, I was like, I looked at their schedule and I was like, oh, their next game against Purdue. I was like, great, they're gonna get the interim, you know, spark of energy you know, that you always see in football. Um, and sure enough, they came out and beat Purdue on Sunday on on CBS, um, a team that has a ton of talent. Um, which just hasn't put it together, which is always those teams always worry me like 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 the Mich- like a Michigan team, like an, a team like Indiana who hasn't played well this year, but they've got you know Bruce Thornton was a five star. Um, they've got they, they're not lacking for talent at all. Um, it's just a matter of like you know can they put it together and and sure enough they did. Uh, Bruce Thornton is kind of that dynamic guard that's been that's kind of been a thorn in Purdue's side, the boo booey type Jalen Huchifino from last year. Um, you know, and you know, Purdue actually started off like a like eight up eight nothing, and I thought, okay, you know, you know, if we punch them in the mouth, maybe they'll just kind of go back and they'll kind of just uh, you know, we'll take all the energy out that maybe they might have had going into this game. But Bruce Thornton kind of kept them afloat at the very beginning. Um, Edie once again got us got into foul trouble in the first half, and once he went out, they that's when kind of they made the run and kind of the theme to all three losses this year. Our turnovers, not only not only turnovers, um, but points, points off turnovers, tra- points yeah, and points transition, transition. Correct. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, look at the stats. Um, and battle had some big shots. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah, and it was like all like boom, boom, boom. Um, I mean, yeah, they had so Ohio State had twenty two points off turnovers. Purdue had five. Um, so I mean, if you think like if Purdue can just cut off, you know, a couple of those, or even like if some of those turnovers are you know, a, a travel versus a steal, you know, that the game might, might be ends a different way. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, the a positive from the game was that Purdue went 20 for 20 from the line, including Zach going eight for eight, uh, Trey Coffman going two for two, Fletcher going four for four, uh, Braden or uh, Lance Jones going four for four. Um, so you, you fix one issue, it seemed like, but then you had, I mean, at the end of the day, you had uh, 14 turnovers. I think one of them was at the very end of the game. So maybe, you know, maybe count for 13, but it was just like the time, like I said, like the timing of those, I mean, all of Jameson battles were either off a steal or an offensive rebound. So that was another thing too. When Zach went out, Purdue really struggled to get a defensive rebound. I know one of, at least one of battles threes was a result from a, an offensive rebound. So it was just kind of, that yeah, shot, just one of those, yeah, I was going to say that one. I remember that one shot fake. I think it was, like, we can talk about Fletcher too, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. the shot fake, I think it was against Fletcher Braden, one of them. He, it was on the near court towards the camera mm-hmm. side shot fake three. I was like, this game's over. I remember yeah, taking I, that I, one. I, I, yeah. I had the exact same thought. Like as soon as I, that, I was like, yeah, this one, this one has a, has a Nebraska all feeling all over it. Um, thankfully Purdue, Purdue did battle back. They actually got it tied and I thought, Hey, you might be able to pull it out, but um, just couldn't pull it out in the end. Couldn't get stops when he needed to. I think a problem that Purdue had was, um, one was Fletcher. I mean, I mean, obvious. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Fletcher guy, but he's just been. I mean, even going back to the Indiana game, he didn't have a, a great game. But these last two games, I mean, Minnesota, he had. Uh, let's see, he had three points, and against Ohio State, he had uh, six points. Um, one of seven from the field, zero of one from three. Purdue only shot th- nine three pointers as a team, which is really bizarre. Um, I mean, credit to Ohio State; they were running him off the. They were running Fletcher off the three point line, which. Um, some teams have done Arizona did that to him, but he made him pay with those, with those floaters and runners. Um, they just weren't falling for him Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Um, and it's just one of those things where you can't, can't afford to have Fletcher and someone like Lance. I mean, Lance Jones eventually was able to get things going a little bit. Um, he ended up three for 11, three or five from three. Um, but for a while there, it was Braden and Zach and that was it. And it just wasn't enough. We needed someone else to step up. 
And I felt like at the end, like when Purdue was getting stops to get get you know get back into the game, it was a it was the lineup was what it was Braden, Fletcher, or no, it was Braden, Lance, Ethan, first, and Edie, I think. And while it was great what? defensively, offensively it was not good because you had two guys who essentially just weren't going to shoot the ball. I mean, and they knew like we weren't going to run the ball through first. Um, Ethan had a, at one point, he had a wide open three and passed it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like, you're playing three on five at that point. Um, Zach had what six, he almost had half our terms. He had six turnovers. Um, credit said key for, you know, as much as he slimmed down and couldn't really bang with Edie, he did a really good job of, um, swiping at the ball. And for all it sounds like, I think pretty much all of his swipes, except maybe that last one, he got a lot of wrist, but I mean, the refs weren't going to call it. Um, but he did a good job of forcing turnovers, um, just at the worst possible time. Um, but yeah, it was just, it sucks, but I mean, it's only their third loss, but yeah, there is some, obviously amongst the fan base and Twitter message boards. It's you would have thought Purdue lost four straight. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Um, so now the Boilers are looking at, you know, only a game and a half as of right now up on Illinois. They play tomorrow night against at Penn State, which, you know, I think they're playing as I did uh, Tanner's other podcast, Tanner J-Man show in place of Tanner yesterday, talking with our good buddy, Josh Munn, who's an Illinois fan. He's saying that that game tomorrow is at uh, Penn State's smaller arena. So it should be pretty packed. So hopefully it's a good environment for them. But um, now it just makes that game at Champaign even bigger um, if Illinois doesn't drop one before then. Um so yeah, the the so the Purdue fans who were saying that you know the race was you know I saw a lot of people talking about how this race was wrapped up after the Indiana game. Um, as long as they you know it's like we had like four or five games left before the Illinois game, which I think a lot of Purdue fans have said you know that's probably going to be our, our the most logical game to lose. Um, Illinois is a really good team, mm-hmm. um, but if we win those if we win those game before that, we'll we'll have a we'll, we'll we'll clinch it before we even play that game, and then you know whatever happens, but not so much now when you're going to need some help. Um, yeah, kind of post game thoughts. So, what are you kind of already alluded to a little bit? But so, what what are your feelings about this team after Ohio State? I, I think you just can't. They can't beat themselves. They mm-hmm. they can't. This this is what happened in Minnesota. They were able to correct it in the first half, from the mm-hmm. first half to the second half. They didn't. It was too late. This is mm-hmm. what's combining with lack of shooting, which Fletcher didn't shoot well. This is mm-hmm. what's happened in in the past in March. Mm-hmm. If this can get resolved where they can go is unlimited. They they can right. do yep. it. But the problem is they need to be more disciplined. And mm-hmm. I will say back in January, I was talking to uh, one of my friends and I said, mm-hmm. you know, one thing about Wisconsin was they were, I felt like one of the most disciplined teams in the conference at mm-hmm. that time. And I yeah. felt like we weren't, we, there were mm-hmm. nights that we would be lackadaisical, turn the ball over, mm-hmm. have those points of transition and be, get pretty much have to dig ourselves out of a hole. Yeah, I, I really think that it comes down to that in, in shooting, and shooting has vastly improved since last year. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't have the stats, but it was like, I mean, we went from, I mean, I think we were, low, we were low thirties last year, even at this point in the year, mm-hmm. and now we're we're like third in the country or like right. top five in the country, like forty percent. So yeah, that's that gives me a lot of hope, um, and obviously the fact that Braden and Fletcher are a year older. Um, but Fletcher can't be Fletcher no, yeah, and it, that's the the problem with Fletcher all year is like he's either had he goes for twenty eight or he goes for three. It's what it kind of felt like, and like you just you can't have that. Um, you just can't. I mean, obviously, Braden and, and Zach are going to are going to get theirs. Hopefully, um, Lance has been a you know a godsend for this team. 
Um, you know, Trey has played well last couple of games, but like we need, you know, I mean, I mean, Fletcher's, you know, kind of like that hunted, hunted guy now. Um, but thankfully he's been able to, you know, compose like someone like Ryan Klein who couldn't really create off the dribble. He's been pretty good about being able to create for himself. Um, but just or the last couple of games has just been not good. Or Sasha. Yeah. Or Sasha. Yeah. That's, that's not a good comparison. Um, so yeah, we need, we need, a in order for this team to do what they want to do. Yeah. We need Fletcher to, uh, play a lot better that's for I, sure I, I will say the one thing i i if there's a, one disappointment I, I wouldn't even call it a disappointment but i was hoping more promise out of colvin and, and yeah so I, 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 anyone asks yeah so that was and I, i'm not sure if you go on gold and black but usually all year the 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 talk has been like you know people have been which for a good reason you know came in as a you know pretty highly ranked recruit the only freshman you know true freshman in this class um, obviously, you know, Purdue legacy with, you know, his sister plays at Purdue on the volleyball team. Um, and you see the athleticism. Um, but this just, I mean, in my opinion, like I get like, you know, Painter had him out there in the early part of the year, like especially like, the last part of the first half. But then as games got tighter, you know, he wasn't playing him as much. Um, and I mean, credit to him, like with the IU game, he came in after not playing for three or four games and immediately hit a three when the, when the offense needed something. I mean, that's, that's really hard to do is to come in after sitting for, all that time and just come in and guns blazing and be able to knock it down and have the confidence to do it. Um, but I think the downside with him is he just does not play defense <laughs> at all. <laughs> I mean, when you, when he went in there again in the first half at Ohio state and um, he just was not blocking out at all. And that was kind of the, that was part of the, that was kind of when Ohio state kind of went on their little mini run to really pull ahead. Um, so it's just, I mean, I get people wanting to see him, but again, it's like, and maybe if like if a Flet- if Fletcher's not doing anything, sure. Except that because Fletcher's not good on defense either, so you might Correct. as well try it. Um, but you can't if Fletcher's playing well. It's hard to um, justify uh, Colvin being out there um, too, which is just too much lack of defense. Correct, but I'm, I mean, getting with the Fletcher thing, I think yeah, fans look at him potentially as what maybe Ivy was his freshman year. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And, and seeing that promise and in that untapped potential, yeah. and you're just hoping you send him out there, him getting a few consecutive minutes is what you were saying, mm-hmm. getting the rhythm and start yeah. just knocking down shots that Fletcher wasn't. Yeah. I mean, you have the the thing with Lance Jones being a godsend. You have the perimeter defense with him and Braden. Mm-hmm. So if if thank goodness we have a seven four, <laughs> but he massive human. Yeah. <laughs> um, down the paint, but I mean, if he misses, yeah, I mean, that, that's something we'll, we'll have to do. Um, uh, yeah, Thad Mooney here, yeah, Colvin error 404 defense failed to load. Yep, that <laughs> was, yeah. Um, and that's kind of where, like, I mean, again, you look at, I mean, similar to Colvin, you've got Cam Heidi, who's, who's played pretty well. He hasn't really done a whole lot as of lately. I mean, there was, there was a good stretch there in January where it felt like we were guaranteed at least like one three from him every game. Um, he's definitely got the tools, he's got the athleticism, he's got the size. Um, You'd hopefully like to see him have the confidence to take a shot. Hopefully, as as it gets down, that's my probably my one worry. Is like if he does come out there when we need him, um, is can he knock down a shot when we need it? Um, if you know someone else isn't hitting because he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be one of those guys that they're keying on, um, especially if Zach and Braden are in the game. Um, so I think that's definitely going to lean on him heavily more than Colvin. Um, but you just hope that yeah, one of those guys can do something um, because they're going to need it. I. I know um, Tanner has mentioned, you know, take, you know, ED for granted. 
I think the one mm-hmm. player that this team's going to miss more than because Edie's production will it'll get shifted somewhere. But I think the the harder replacement and I when he's out there is Gillis. I, I oh yeah yeah the, yeah he's a he's a boilermaker through and through. Um, just seems like I mean especially the fact that I mean it, guys like him first and Morton like those are guys who started a lot last year, um, played a lot of minutes and. You know, especially like someone like Gillis, who this is his, you know, technically he could come back, but theoretically, mm-hmm. you know, it's his last year at Purdue. Um, for him to take that kind of that back seat um, and just be kind of the the veteran, he's played incredible. I mean, yeah, this is, there's a game like probably won't win Minnesota without him. Like, and there's been a couple of the games where he's just been when we needed a shot, he hit it. Um, you know, he's not lighting up the the scoreboard by any means, but he's hitting big shots when this team needed it. Um, he does get a little exposed, slightly on defense sometimes, just with his lack of height for rebounding. There's been a couple times where just guys have just been bigger. Um, But just his toughness and just his, I mean, he has been in the program for five years now, so he just knows everything inside and out. But yeah, you're right. He's, he's a guy that, um, you know, next year, you know, if this, if it, you know, especially with six freshmen coming in, like he'd be a great guy if he had another year or whatever, if we had room for him, that would be, you know, a godsend for that team to just be able to have someone there just to kind of lean on and learn from. I, he, he's just an elevated Grady Eifert, in my mm-hmm. opinion. That oh, can yeah. Just hit yeah. shots and, and actually put points on the board if need be. Mm-hmm. I mean, his shooting percentage this year is just outrageous. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's got to turn heads on NBA scout because his, his motion is actually quick enough mm-hmm. to, it, to get in the league and, and get off threes. So mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I that's what concerns me moving forward is. We do have him, but if we're not, if Fletcher's not hitting, where, where are we going to get that production from? If it's not coming yeah. from either Lance at this point or uh, Braden or Zach, yeah, because you, you really can't play Gillis at the three. I feel like it's just I no. mean, it's kind of kind of that's kind of where you know lawyers in that two three range, depending you know with Lance, depending on you know the scheme. But yeah, Gillis is just he's just not he can't guard the three the three position. I should say. So he's he's so much better suited for that four. Um, so that's what's tough is like, you know, if if if, if Trey's playing really well or you know, and Edie's playing really well, you know, chances are Gillis is going to be out there. But there's sometimes that we just need him because he's he's come up big so many times this year, and he just seems like he seems like a man on a mission after what happened last year. Correct. I I, I just the the thing we can hope for is Steve Feigl coach team coming to Mackey. Yeah. Is this a wake up call? Are they going to come out? Because they know this. A Steve Peichel team, as Painter mm-hmm. said, he, if we're going to war, he, he'd pick up those guys mm-hmm. before he heads off and wants them in a fossil. Yeah. Are, are, is this team going to, you know, bend on Thursday? Right. Or are they just going to show up and, and show they can, they're the class of the country? Right. And that's kind of, yeah, because after, I mean, after the game on Saturday, on Sunday, I mean, the, again, the talk was, you know, just weird and i kind of brought up again on on tanner's other podcast yesterday with josh was just like because i saw a tweet about it where just it feels like and maybe it's just because it shows that Purdue's just so much more relevant now than when you know even when we were in school not that long ago you know it feels like a long time ago Um, that was 10 years ago shut up (laughs) but like when purdue loses it's like everybody is doing a victory lap it's just like you know you know even five years ago when purdue loses it's like you know no one outside of the state of Indiana really even cares unless like, you know, they're fighting for a top four spot in the big 10. Um, 
but you saw all over Twitter, you know, and it's it feel like whenever Purdue loses, it's like, oh, this is why they're frauds. This is why they're not going to win in March. You know, the old, old you know, and our fans say this is why we're going to lose in March, which I mean, I get because, like, I mean, yes, there are obviously some similarities, but at the end of the day, it's like it comes down to turnovers, which, like, if any team turns it over and gives up 22 points off turnovers, like, I don't care who you are, your chances are you're going to get beat, like, unless you're just like hitting, you're going to Alabama versus Purdue and hit 19 threes, which again, they still lost yeah. that game. Um, it's really hard to overcome just giving them 22 points off, off your own turnovers. Cause chances are they are runouts and things like that. Um, but I did see someone on Twitter say like, you know, with Purdue, I think it's just because we haven't seen, you know, Purdue make that deep tournament run into a final four national championship. And so when you do lose, it's like, Oh crap, this is, this is how we lost last year. This is exactly how we're going to lose this year. And you don't, you don't see Kansas Duke, Carolina fans doing that or UConn fans. Cause they've seen their team, you know, be able to turn it on. And I think it's just until Purdue is able to finally do that, which I think they will at some point, it's just, it's just really frustrating just from a optimist like myself when it comes to Purdue basketball to see people just like essentially just write this team off. Cause also it's weird because you've got the same people who were like, you know, only thing that matters is March, you know, regular season does not matter. But then when a regular season game, you know, doesn't go in Purdue's favor. It's like, oh, this is why they're going to lose in March. It's like, well, hold on, I thought you just, I thought you didn't care about the regular season. Like you can't, both can't be true at the same time. Um, but like you said, it was, it was my roundabout way of saying like, I, yeah, I'm not worried yet, but if, if they come out on Thursday and come out and kind of just lay an egg or are very lackadaisical and don't come out and just absolutely punch Rutgers in the mouth. And like you said, show why they're the class of the country. Then I might be a little concerned, um, but also Rutgers is playing a lot better since they've gotten, was it Jalen Williams? I think he's their new guy that they got off the mm-hmm. suspension list. Yep. Um, Peichel has just always done well against Purdue and Painter. Um, his teams are going to be, are going to be tough. So it's not going to be like an easy game by any means, but you do hope that Purdue comes out and just as, as a, in a very focused manner and just kind of hopefully just takes care of business. Um, Cause really the last two times Purdue's lost, both have been on the road at Northwestern at Nebraska They've come there immediately had a game at home and they've won pretty handily. Um, so I would hope Purdue does the same thing on Thursday. I I have a feeling it it will. It'll probably be a, a low double digit win. Yeah. Um so I'm not looking for like a 25, like if we win by 12 to 15, I'll be thrilled. I, I think what what as a fan, if you're willing to look for something, the points off turnovers. Mm-hmm. That means they're getting back. They're they're rotating everything mm-hmm. to stop stop points in transition. If they mm-hmm. do that, turnovers are going to happen. Yeah, especially as, as especially as as post centric as Purdue is, like it's going to happen. Correct. What you don't so, want though is the, is the turnovers like like Zach had, or where you had like Fletcher just like literally just throwing it to you know, Ohio State player at one point, just because just like those are the ones where you're just like, or you had the ones. I mean, I guess it didn't turn into points at least off that in like in that moment, but they had the play where Braden went to throw it to Fletcher and Fletcher was five feet in the other direction and just went straight out of bounds. Um, but yeah, I, I think at the points off trend and points in transition for Rutgers is low. That means they did look at, they watched the tape. They understood it. Yeah. They, they limited it. And it's, I mean, shooting should be better at home. Mm-hmm. Hopefully free throws are better at home. <laughs> They're better. Yeah. That's the one thing you have to look at home, but it's not to me. That's something not worry about going into March because free throw percentage on the road is better. But I I, I think those those are the big things, and I I just Mm -hmm. think 
fans, I think you look at this team, this is the best team, the best team I, I can ever remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, if you want to go back. You could argue, you could argue uh, 2009-2010 before Robbie went down. I mean, that team never got to number one. They're on their way. Um, but they the were the, humming before Robbie got hurt. Correct. Or yeah. Haas going down. Yeah. yeah. Right, with four seniors. Um, this team has arguably the best player in Purdue history. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, I believe it's going to be a shut case. He is. I understand it's not big dog. I understand the thirty you know, not averaging like thirty points a game. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. Because I the because I think I've talked about this with Tanner too. Like I feel like the the knock that Edie has, which I mean I love Edie. I don't know if, I don't know if you saw, but we actually my I, my dad, we, my sister and I got my dad a, a signed Edie jersey or an Edie jersey for Christmas, and we ended up getting it signed. My dad and I got it signed after the IU game. Um, so I got to see Zach, you know saying you know an hour and a half after the game signed for everybody it was awesome um but like i love i love of love zach he's probably one of my favorite players of all time i think the knock with him against against big dog is that big dog could create on his own where zach has to be set up in order to have success more than likely um i think that's probably the only like i'm not saying who's better than others and obviously if if zach takes to a final four national championship i don't don't really care anymore (laughs) like you can't crown him like he he did something no one else could do um but i think that when you look at just like just just the player themselves i feel like that's where the big dog maybe has the the nod is like he could you could just give him the ball you know inbound it to him just let him go and just be like all right get out of his way where zach has to be set up in a little bit but he's still i I, I mean just like i'm gonna argue i'll argue at that point that's fine first of all you can just throw zach the ball right at the rim off the inbound play. Right. So that's yeah. That if you want to compare a big dog to him, he yeah. I think they have both their ways. Zach getting the ball, I mean, just because he's not bringing up the court, not being a wing yeah. player. That move was it? Was it Thursday or Sunday? He spun right off the pretty mm-hmm. much did his two step spin and went right to the rim. Yeah. For being not somebody to do that, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's when when you're when you're putting up stats where the only what like the only he had some stat where it was like the only people who ever done that were David Robinson and Shaq or Tim Duncan were the other ones. It was was Shaq. He's Shaq. It's like literally the greatest big men to ever play the game at any level. Um, You know you're doing something right. But he's he's a incredible talent, and and it's crazy too. It's just like people forget is, I mean, the. The years he's played basketball is, is essentially equivalent to someone, you know, being in eighth grade freshman year of high school right now. And he's just scratched the surface. Like, as we've seen, I mean, he's gotten so much better compared to last year. I, I remember coming into this year, you know, the talk was like, you know, can he repeat, you know, as national player of the year? And I thought, no, just because I would hope that his production isn't as good because other people were stepping up. Um, so, but he's blown all my expectations out of the water. And he's just, yeah, it's it. It, it, I was listening to Boiled Sports podcast. They did a handsome hour basketball beat over the weekend, and like they're talking about Zach, and it's just like he's got only a handful of games left in Mackey. And it's, I remember, I remember I was at senior night last year, and I remember when Zach was announced and starting. I was like, I was like, it hit me. I was like, damn, is this gonna be the last time I see Zach play like in Mackey? And so when he came back, I was like, this is I'm gonna cherish every single moment I can see Zach because he is such a special player and hopefully people and especially uh, Purdue fans definitely appreciate him. I hope I'm hoping 
once he's gone and, you know, it's going to take time, but hopefully the basketball community as a whole, you know, because right now he just gets crapped on ever since every chance that they can. Um, I hope people realize how special a talent he was at some point. Um, Cause yeah, he's been incredible. He, he's definitely incredible. I he's, he's going to win the Naismith player again. It, it, it's going to happen. I he's, you know, Ralph Sampson, how many years ago was that? 40, 40 plus. So it was the seventies, wasn't it? Or was it maybe eighties? Was it? I thought it was early eighties. Was it? Uh... And so, if you think about that, and like this hasn't been done, I mean, it's kind of like the Heisman of Archie Griffin. Yeah. And what we're witnessing is he, he's he's like the the only thing I can think about Shaq of how dominant he is. I mean, he's not he's not exciting like Caitlin Clark. Steph right. Curry, things like this. But you know what? You're going to get a 20 and 10 night pretty much from him almost every yeah. single time he steps on the floor. And not even and not even like think about it. Like, I mean, he like again, mm-hmm. like he had he against Ohio State, he had 22 and 13. And it was just like, you know, he was 7 11 from the field. And it was just like, yeah, he, he was okay. But it's like, you know, if if Trey Kaufman rendered that, we'd be like, this is like one of his best games of his career. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. to answer your question, Ralph Sampson won it three times, 81 to 83. Okay, so early 80s, and he did yeah. it three times, but to do, yeah. no one's done it twice since. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, Mooney has a comment here. It proves 81 and 17 in the last 98 games, which is absurd. Three losses this year. The end of the world fans after each loss and the fire Matt Painter crew take a deep breath and channel the inner Cubs fan. There's always next year for us curse Purdue fans. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just like, you know, when last, just like the, uh, the narrative after Purdue lost on Sunday, it was just like, you would have thought they were Wisconsin and just lost their fifth game in a row. It was just like, hold on. We've lost three games <laughs> and they're mm-hmm. all on the road. And I mean, and yes, Ohio, I mean, I get it. Like Ohio state, you know, bottom of the barrel of the big 10, but they, it's not like it's, you know, a Northwestern team from, you know, a couple of years ago when they had, you know, nobody like this team has talent. They just hadn't put it together. Um, and that's just kind of the other weird thing just with this, especially the last three years is like when Purdue loses, it's not, it's not to Arizona, Marquette, Tennessee. It's to, I mean, I, last year you could argue, you know, Indiana was, was good when they lost to them, but it was just like, they've lost to, you know, the tournament obviously lost to the, to the, the double digit seeds, but it's like, they're not losing to Michigan state and, and, and East Lansing, not losing, so these like really good teams are losing to teams that you know they were favored against. Excuse me. Um, so it's kind of been the puzzling thing. Well, but that Northwestern team is that's a I, to me that's a tournament team for sure. This year, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how, where they go with, without Ty Berry. I mean, they did. I mean, they had picked up a good win um, against Indiana the other night. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going to miss him big time. Mm-hmm. Um, where they could you know could be a sneaky you know second weekend team potentially if they get hot. Um, now it could be a little bit tougher without them. But yeah, I think I think Big Ten gets six teams in as of right now. Um, Purdue, yeah. Illinois, or locks, Wisconsin, assuming they don't absolute free fall. Um, they should be in Michigan State. I don't know what the scores of that game right now. They were down double digits at home to Iowa before we started recording. Um, you know, assuming they can take care of business, they're down nine with just under four to go at home. Um, they need that game because I think they're right on that bubble. Um mm-hmm. Northwestern, and then I think Nebraska, assuming Nebraska takes care of I me, mean, they need to win a road game. <laughs> but 
I think yeah, I think they can be the sixth team. I don't see anybody else outside of that though getting in, unless they win the conference tournament somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, which like in Minnesota, I mean, it's in Minneapolis. You never know. Um, they've been playing well, so we'll see. Um, anything else? Any thoughts in general over against the last two games? I I think we kind of covered it. I, I I think the only thing I thought because I saw it was Jay Diebler. When I saw the interim coach, I was like, "Yep." Did you think John Diebler too? I did too. I was I was like, "Wait a minute!" But I was like, "I'm pretty sure he's an assistant at Butler with Thad Mata." Yeah, that's why I was like, "What?" Because I'm 99 sure I saw him at a Starbucks by my house one day because I was getting coffee and I was like, he walked in. I was like, he's wearing Butler stuff. Actually, no, he wasn't wearing Butler stuff. Because I remember I texted Andrew in the group chat. I was like, this guy's not even wearing his own school. His school's attire. Like, he's out and about. But I was like, he walked in, and he was, you know, 6'4", like, guy. I'm like, I was like, is that John Diebler? And I Googled him. I was standing there, and I was like, oh, my God, that's John Diebler. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I'm glad I wasn't, know, like, the I, only person in the world, like, thinking, wait, he was – Yeah. How, he's not even on that staff. What, what's going on? Because <laughs> yeah. I saw that, and I was like – Gosh, thanks. I just remember John Diebler torching Purdue as a player. And mm-hmm. I was like, the, the Diebler's just love playing Purdue. Um, and he's a Valpo guy. So I know, I know the Drews were texting him before the game. Um, and you just know that they played Minnesota next year and get beat by like 15 <laughs> because the, the, interim, the interim juice is gone. Um, yeah, it sucks. I mean, again, another court storm, which credit to Ohio State. Look, I think they did it right. I think they had the security kind of blanket between the players and the fans. Um, I mean, credit to Ohio State, they played really well. Um, I'm sure they're, depending on who their coaches, I'm sure their team's going to get, you know, pillaged by the portal. Um, but we'll see. Um, I, I am, I was getting a little tired just because of just, just, it doesn't make any sense right now to talk about, but there was the whole UConn versus Purdue narrative of like, you know, which team's better, um, which UConn's playing out of their minds right now. They're really, really good. However, I would argue they're they're playing the bottom of the barrel. Big East teams are really, really, really bad, and they haven't played some of their tougher road games yet, which they they do starting uh, tonight at Creighton. Um, but I, that's a team that you know pretty wouldn't play until hopefully Monday night in in Phoenix. Well, I'll say this before we we jump into moving forward. I mean, the release tournament we were the preseason. I mean, preseason, midseason, you know, terminates committee overall number mm-hmm. one seed. They, I mean, they, they didn't view UConn that light, and then UConn went out and boat raced Marquette. Yeah, and yeah. that got me kind of oh concerned. I was like, oh well, they want to make a statement. Yeah, um, and I think part, of, I think, I think it's also just a bad matchup for Marquette. Kind of similar how pretty was because they they don't have the size to rebound, um, like like. UConn does with Klingon and like Purdue does with, with Edie. Um, so I think they're able to, and Marquette just couldn't hit anything. So I think that really That's exploited their weakness. Cool. So I'll be curious to see how they play because they play later this year in Milwaukee. Um, hopefully Marquette can pull that one off. But yeah, I, uh, it was, it was impressive when I was watching part mm-hmm. of it and um, seeing Cam Spencer hit a big three, just gave me PTSD to the Rutgers game last year. Um but yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, I know that one of the things that was like, well, you know, everybody, you know, all their start, their starting five is averaging double digits. And I was like, well, yeah, that's pretty impressive. I looked at Purdue. I was like, I mean, four of our five are averaging double digits. And that's, and the only reason why Trey's not because Edie's averaging 20 points. <laughs> like, and, you know, Lance, Braden, and Fletcher are all averaging double digits right now. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, 
I'd love to be able to settle that debate because that means we're playing in the final four <laughs> or on the mm-hmm. national championship. And I will gladly take that any day of the week. Um, but I mean, they're, I mean, they're legit. They've got obviously got, they got a ton of guys back from winning a title. So obviously the confidence and swagger is there, which is, it should be. Um, Hurley's an absolute maniac, but he's a hell of a coach. Um, you wonder if maybe like a Kentucky or somebody like that might reach out to him if, if they, you know, move on from Calipari, at least you call him, make him say no. Um, because he is, He's one of the best out there this year in college basketball right now. Uh, I mean, that's true. He, he is. Um, and then, you know, team that the other team that won this weekend, Houston. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I have, I, I, I give myself pause on them just, just because first year in the big 12, I want to see how they navigate those waters. I mean, obviously they're, they defend the hell out of the ball. I still haven't mm-hmm. impressed much with their offense as of right now. Um, but I mean, defense wins. So, and Kelvin Sampson obviously has proven to be a winner. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I haven't really paid attention too much to them because I want to see how they handle the Big 12 after coming out of the American and dominating that for a couple of years. But if they come out of the Big 12, you know, still, you know, ranked number two in the country, then yeah, game on. They handled Texas. I just love that the Texas fans at, at Houston <laughs> with a so Hakeem was in the crowd too, and they started chanting at the game SEC, and I was like, <laughs> "Why?" Well, didn't yeah, didn't Ronnie Terry? My uh, my sales rep told me to say that Ronnie Terry said something about how next year they're going to play in a much weaker conference, like not as physical. I was like, "Shut up!" <laughs> Just he's he stuck his foot in his mouth so many times this year. Um, it's interesting, but yeah, it's. It's crazy to think that it's February twentieth already. I mean, it feels like it. it I, the season has feel like it's gone by so fast, but also like I heard Robbie talk about this on Goodman Humble podcast, where he says like December feels like ten years ago, and I agree. Like that Arizona game mm-hmm. feels a lifetime ago. Um, but I've been trying to enjoy it. I know there's been a lot of Purdue fans that I've talked to or just see on Twitter, like, "Oh, it doesn't matter. Let's get to March and we'll figure it out." I'm like, man, this is. I don't want to wish this away because it's been so much fun to watch this team. I mean, it's probably the most fun I've, I've had watching a team in a long time. Um, even probably, I mean, I'd say second was probably Jaden's freshman year just because there was no expectation for that team. I mean, even, even last year, there was no expectation and the RSC started playing well. Um, but just being able to watch the best player in the country, you know, where Purdue on his chest is incredible and being an, an awesome kid at that is awesome. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I think that's, you know, I mean, Purdue's, 12 and three in the big 10. So it means we have five games left in the big 10 and at least one game in the big 10 tournament, at least one game in the tournament. Um, it's over. It's crazy. It's crazy. And then it's going to get into question time about this roster, yep. but I, I would, I know you all say it, enjoy it. Why it is here because 10 years ago, this was bleak a pipe, a pipe dream. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I said, yeah, if you, I think, oh, what was it? There was some stat. There was some, I can't remember what it was, but I remember I texted Tanner and, and some of our other friends about like, you know, if you told me 10 years ago that Purdue, you know, was like, people were celebrating Purdue loss or it was, it was something weird like that. Like, I was like, I thought you were crazy. And Tanner's like, yeah, because we were last in the Big Ten 10 years ago. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. Because <laughs> it was, it was bad. He, he sent me painted record at, at um, it was like record at Mackey is like 40 losses. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, 20 of those came during when we were in school. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's like, you're probably right, to be honest. 
Yeah, it was not a fun time as much as I mean, thankfully, you know, I've been a Purdue fan my whole life, so I've been able to experience a lot of awesome games before school and after school. But yeah, it's like we picked a really bad time to go to Purdue because we saw the end of the hope being of the Hazel era, which and we graduated in the Hazel era. Um, and then, yeah, we saw the two worst seasons in Painter's tenure outside of his first year uh, when he took over. Um, speaking of UConn, they are up currently seven nothing at Creighton, seven to one, seven to one at Creighton. So uh, they just keep on rolling. Uh, let's pick some games. Man, Michigan State's going to lose. They're down eight with less than a minute left. Oh, man. Um, other Big Ten game tonight is Maryland at Wisconsin, nine o'clock Eastern on Peacock. What? Who do you got? Uh, I got Wisconsin. Wisconsin. This is seven and a half. I, if they lose this game, it's this oh is, boy. Oh yeah. yeah. It's funny. Um, I should have mentioned at the top, but we are. If you're watching us live um, and you've been following us, we are. Uh, proud to be part of the uh, Big Banter Sports. Um, and if you're interested in looking, listening about other Big Ten teams, um, they've got a whole slew of other podcasts dedicated to those specific teams. Um, I know they always do Big Ten Huddle every week. I was on it a couple a couple weeks ago where they talk all things Big Ten sports. Um, when I was on, we were talking about basketball specifically. Um, I know they've got Wisconsin podcast, Maryland podcast. Um, but uh, I said on that podcast a couple weeks ago, they had just lost at it was the night they lost at Michigan. And they were they posed a question to me, like, are you worried? You know, it's time to hit the panic button for Wisconsin. I was like, yeah, you know, it's it was their third loss. I was like, I wouldn't push it, push it yet. You know, you lost at Nebraska with no shame in that. You know, you lost at home to Purdue. No shame in that. It was a close mm-hmm. game. You know, Michigan. OK, yeah, it's questionable. But if you lose at Rutgers or you lose it, was it at Rutgers or home against Rutgers? You know, then I'm pushing the panic button, and by God, I like I said, I told Tanner last week, I, I broke the panic button because it's it's not looking oh. good. And if they lose tonight, I mean, a, a team like with Maryland who just struggles to score at times, man, it's yeah, it could be bad fast. And it might not end um, well for Greg Gard either. No, they may not. Um, tomorrow night, uh, definitely the game that has a lot of Purdue fans interested, just because we need this one team to lose at 6:30 Eastern on Big Ten Network. We've got the Illinois Fighting Illini ranked 12th right now at Penn State. Give me a line on I think so, too, unfortunately. Unfortunately, uh, a game at 830 on Big Ten Network. I don't know how this team is favored, uh, but you've got Nebraska. Uh, it's because it's Nebraska and they have a one-a-road game at the Indiana Hoosiers who are just waiting for the season to be over. <laughs> Give me an IU on this one. I think so too. Until Nebraska, as, as yep. me and Josh were talking last night, until Nebraska wins on the road, I'm picking against them. Um, Thursday night, obviously the game we're all looking forward to on seven o'clock Eastern Fox Sports One, Rutgers at Purdue. Who, who do you got? What's the score? Who's your MVP? Hmm. Well, I'm going to say Purdue. I'm going to say the MVP is probably going to be Lance Jones. Uh, okay. Score is probably going to be sixty-six. 54, 52, Purdue. Okay. I think it's going to be defensive. Obviously. I think it's going to be defensive just because of what we're going to have to bring to the table. And they're going to have to show, as I stated earlier, points in transition. You got to stop it. I'm going to go Boilers 72 to 59. Um, MVP, I'm going to go Fletcher Lawyer. Just kind of faith that hopefully he has a bounce back game. Um, nothing, nothing like a twenty-point game. I think you know if he has a solid twelve to fifteen, couple threes, I will be ecstatic. Um, Eight o'clock Eastern Big Ten Network, Ohio State at Minnesota. Give me Minnesota. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. I think they went by double digits just to piss me off. Um, Nine o'clock Fox Sports One, 
Michigan Wolverines at Northwestern. I assume Doug McDaniels is not playing. I'm sure he's still <laughs> on house arrest or something. <laughs> or he can't leave the state. <laughs> Give me Northwestern. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Saturday. Oh, man. Indiana at noon Eastern on Big Ten Network. Indiana at Penn State. Penn State um, dog walk them at Assembly Hall without uh, their guy that they just kicked off the team. Um, I think Penn State wins double digits on this one. I, I'm going to have to. I don't think it's going to be double digits. I think it's going to be high single digits, but give me Penn State. Okay. Uh, 215 Big Ten Network, Eastern, 215 Eastern, I should say. Uh, Iowa at Illinois. Again, give me Illinois. I, that's a two. How does They're playing really well right still, now. Um, I, 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 that's someone I don't understand. It's still there. Who? Fran McCaffrey. All time leading, all time wins, <laughs> winning his coach. Just because you're there doesn't mean. <laughs> I mean, it's like what uh, Bill Carmody was at Northwestern for like a decade and <laughs> never made the tournament. Exactly. <laughs> what does it mean you know, if you're there forever? Yeah. Did you know uh, Fran McCaffrey's never made the second weekend of the big of the? Uh, yeah. The tournament? That, that, that's that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. And and you look at the women's program. Actually, and- actually, this is a game that where neither coach has made the Sweet Sixteen because Brad Edwards has never made it either. Granted, he hasn't coached nearly as long as Fran McCaffrey, but Brad Edwards no, has never no. made the Sweet Sixteen either. Um, come on, Iowa! It's time. It's time to make some. I, I know you got a new athletic director. It's time to make some changes. Yeah. Yeah. All, and all men's. Yeah. All men's sports. Yeah. Uh, Sunday, two o'clock Eastern CBS. You get the Purdue Boilermakers at Michigan Wolverines. Give me, well, boiler up. Yeah, it, it's going to be big. I I hope Purdue can run with it. I mean, I, give Terrace Reed credit when he was at Mackey. He he played Edie pretty well. Um, so that gives me a little pause about that. Um, I don't know if they've brought the team back yet, but my I remember when Michigan won the national championship in football. I looked at. I was like, I don't know. I don't care when the game is. When they play Purdue, they're going to bring that team back just to pack because people and let people know so they can pack the place. And that gives they, me. They already, <laughs> they they already do. I figured they already yeah, did. They already yeah, did. they already they'll did. They'll bring him back just because. <laughs> no, they need to no, pack the stands. They'll, they'll fire. They'll fire uh, Juwan Howard. <laughs> <laughs> they'll fire him on Saturday. Um, Michigan State should do that too. Why not? Um, uh, give that me Purdue. Purdue 85, Michigan or Michigan 69, uh, Zach Eady gets a 30 burger. I think it's going to be a 30 and 15 for men. Yeah. It, it might be another almost triple double, uh, almost triple double for Braden. Uh, let's see here. Sunday at noon on Big Ten Network, Maryland at Rutgers. Give me Rutgers. Same. Uh, Ohio State at Michigan State. Hey, Michigan State. Yeah, Michigan State. That game's at 4 yeah. o'clock Eastern on CBS. God, what a... <laughs> I'm sure it looked good like in November, but man, that game sucks <laughs> right now for CBS. Uh, 6.30 Eastern, Big Ten Network on Sunday. Minnesota at Nebraska. Actually, sneaky, like, like could be a really game. fun game. Yeah. High scoring, I think. If Minnesota goes 2-0 this week, I, I think this might be trending for the Big Ten tournament. 
I'm going to go Minnesota yeah. on this one. Can you match? I mean, there was like, it was like a week ago where like, if the Big Ten tournament started like that day, they were the four seed, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me, I'm going to take Nebraska because they're at home. I hope this game is like 100 to 95. Um, and we'll do one more. So I don't think we're going to have, I doubt we'll record next Tuesday. Or if we do record next Tuesday, these games will be going on. Um, Snow games on Monday, Tuesday, seven o'clock Eastern on Peacock, Wisconsin at Indiana. Yeah, Wisconsin on this one. I, I, they got to write the ship. You can't. Yeah, just I think, win one I think I'll take Wisconsin. I think it's Wisconsin. I think it's a close game. Um, like I mean, yeah, I think it's like a less than five. Um, and then Penn State at Iowa, nine o'clock Eastern on Big Ten Network. Give me Iowa on that one. I'll take Iowa. I think it's another high scoring game. Uh, I guess it wraps about up. I guess one more question. As of right now, who is your Big Ten first team? That's put me on the spot. I, yeah. I, I I don't I don't really know off the top of my head. I mean I think I would go and I don't really do the whole like you have to have one point guard, one shooting guard, not just take five best players. I think it's Edie. I think it's Edie. Probably Shannon, um, Boo Booey, um, argue Jameer Young. Um, trying to think who else might round out that that last five. I mean, honestly, Damask for Illinois could you could get that. Braden Smith obviously could be is could be could, you could argue. I I think um, Braden is might is probably borderline first team. Yeah, just I mean you could get that just because if they you know if they win the Big Ten or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's interesting race. It, that'll be something to actually see when the season's over. What what it is? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but before we go, I want to make sure we let you know about our sponsors. First one up tonight is our friends over at Mad Mushroom. Uh, Boardwalk Town is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, serving Boilermakers since 1993. Mad Mushroom is located in the heart of West Lafayette and is well known as the home of the original cheese sticks. Whenever I like to visit or Aaron likes to visit or Tanner or Andrew for that matter, I like to sit down and have a nice cold beer while trying out their latest pizza of the month, which this month is the Raging Cajun, which is their house-made Cajun sauce, celery, onions, green peppers, tomatoes, chicken, cup and char, sausage, and mozzarella cheese starting at $14. Uh, next time you're in town, stop by and tell them Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. And any breakdown, Boiler Breakdown listener can use the coupon code BREAK5. Um, for five dollars off, um, at modmushroom.com, feed your head. Um, then overall, obviously, our friends at the shop. I'm wearing a shirt I just picked up this weekend. It's the Gene Katie Play Hard. I wore it in honor because Brew did not play hard on Sunday, and I hope they play hard on Thursday. I also have the sticker in the background if, you, if you're watching live. I got the sticker behind me. Um, as a reminder to play hard. Um, hopefully, they do on Thursday. Uh, they've been, you know, they've been making T-shirts since 2011. Started out in garages. Now they've got soon. To, actually, no, it just opened up. They've got three retail locations now. One in Karma, one in Broader, but one in downtown Indy. Um, stop by. They make incredible shirts. I bought. I picked up this Gene Katie shirt plus a uh, shirt that commemorated All Star Weekend in Indy. Um, super comfortable. And and if you go online, um, you can use promo code uh, Breakdown and you will get twenty five percent off your entire order. See if I can pull up here on the screen. I don't know if I have it. Um, oh, here we go. Use promo code Breakdown for twenty five percent off your first order. Appreciate the shop for hopping on. 
Um, any final thoughts, Mr. Lynch, before we bid you adieu? Appreciate you hopping on tonight. Just need a two and a week. That's Let's all do we it. Need. Yeah, two and a week. Uh, all will be right in the world. Hopefully, go Penn State. And uh, let's boil up, hammer down. Let's beat uh, the Scarlet Knights and let's beat the Wolverines. Well, they're up. <laughs>